Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. Podcast where we we wax poetic about giving up more points in a football loss than we do in a basketball loss tonight. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's... Is it was it that bad? It was disgusting. I did I did note that of course the game we're talking about is the Kansas State game that just ended maybe not quite an hour ago here on Tuesday night, January twenty second, where your Red Raiders managed a whopping forty five points, which is by far the lowest they've scored all season. They had fifty eight against Duke. And then inexplicably, only 59 against Southeastern Louisiana, which I remember that game. That was just kind of a weird game all around. But up until tonight, they'd at least gotten in the 50s in every single game. And that those last two points were scored with like 30 seconds to go. You were stuck at 43 for like, oh, five minutes. There was... um. The, the past, these past three losses have been basically defined by ridiculously long stretches where you don't score a field goal. You'll score some points by shooting free throws. Um, tonight, I think the longest stretch was like nine and a half minutes. I think there were a couple. Didn't Wasn't there a seven? There was another six or seven minute one in the second half. This past weekend when you lost to Baylor, there were several. There was at least one that was like eight minutes long. Well, I know to close out the half, Baylor went on a 23-8 and run to close out the first half. That's a 15-point swing. Yep. That'll hurt you. If I can do math. That's quick. Um, That's quick, man. Yeah. It's it's small numbers. I'm okay. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, I don't want it, to – this may be a shorter episode tonight. We'll see. I think we've said that before and then – Yeah. I, I, well, Okay. I can guarantee it'll be shorter than last week's two and a half hour marathon. I was, I was going to say with Keith, but then I didn't want to seem like that was, that seemed overly adult themed. Oh, come on. <laughs> it wasn't till you, till you said it was anyway, shout out to Keith. What up over there at Dinger underscore Derby on Twitter. Getting closer to the, the big January 31st, First episode release. Debut episode. Debut to episode in 
nine days. Yeah, to to go week. over everything Texas Tech baseball. He's going to have uh, some interviews, some former players come on. He's he's got a pretty good lineup set. So gonna have get him in your podcatchers. Going to have better interviews than we ever had. Eh, what are we going to do? It's fair. Um, we will we will talk some baseball, even though we're going to leave most of that to to Keith at Dinger Derby. We will talk about football, although there's really only like one bit of news from tech football. There's other football-related things that happened this weekend that we'll touch on. And then basketball. That may be short. And cry and commiserate. <laughs> so we actually have three intro topics. We need to move through them quickly. First off, those that are followers of McDonald on the Twitter Notice there was a change this weekend. He's now claiming to influencer status. Correct. I've seen the Fire documentary, the Fire Festival documentary on Hulu. I haven't, I've yet to see the one on Netflix. I don't even know what that is. Fire Festival? Nope. No idea. Wow. Okay, Fire Festival occurred, I believe it was two years ago, and it was supposed to be this big Coachella-like event. Spencer's showing off his hashtag hair raid shirt from the Rob Bro Show, also friend of the show. Check him out. Friend of the show, Rob Bro. Talk 1340, 9 to 11 a.m. Uh, anyway, the Fire Festival was supposed to be this big outdoor music festival. All these great bands were coming. It was going to be at an exclusive place in the Caribbean, its own island that supposedly Pablo Escobar owned previously. There was, Pablo. there was all this lead up to it. Um, this guy that started it was. Excuse me, was that unprofessional? <laughs> I didn't hear enough ice clinking in that glass. <laughs> Hang on. Try it again. Eh, we we need to put it in a Yeti. It's because it's so full. We need I to, can't put, get a good we need to get the, the stainless steel to get that. Oh, that's just. Great. That's Diet Dr. Pepper surround sound. For for those of you that are familiar with the ASMR movement, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. All right, I'm going to brush the mic for a while. Um, no, we've got uh, the fire Festival was, it turned out to be just a huge scam, basically. Uh, no. You can argue that the guy that tried to start it with Jaw Rule is, um, had good intentions, but I don't know if he ever truly thought he could pull this off because it was about five or six months before the date that they said, Hey, we should have fire festival. And then they had no infrastructure, no ability to have people. They were selling tickets for 50 grand to cover costs that, you know, other people he needed to pay. It was basically kind of like a Ponzi scheme. He was getting money from investors and other people to pay people. He owed money that he'd already spent elsewhere and on and on. Anyway, uh, what the reason it got so popular is because this social media group was hired by the guys putting on the festival to contact all these quote unquote influencers on Instagram. And these influencers quote unquote were to tweet about the fire festival and how great it was going to be. And a lot of them are Instagram models and guys that review random stuff that somehow have millions of followers and, uh, there was one quote saying that Kendall Jenner could get upwards to a quarter million dollars per Instagram post if she's asked to do it for a product. 
That's ridiculous. Yes, I agree. So I, I thought, well, one of these guys that was on the Hulu documentary, he just kind of, he, he branded himself as an influencer and just went with it. And somehow he, he got to be a part of this thing and went to the fire festival and all that. And he just kind of seemed like a normal guy. I thought, well, now if it's that simple, as of Sunday, I rebranded myself as an influencer, hashtag influencer. If you and your new Twitter handle is the influencer has logged on, which is true. Every time you're on Twitter, I'm there. Technically, the influencer has logged on. There's been very few tweets since Sunday because uh, hashtag no free tweets. So you're trying to sell your your tweet platform? Yes, your voice, my voice, my uh, my followers, my following. Anyone who would like to to be a part of this, contact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. me at lsrr07 i probably should have said that to start uh that's not really good influencer uh so what's logo what's the ad value of the podcast the the hour and a half that we're probably going to talk tonight oh i i'm not quite sure um what do we need to charge texas tech for this like season football tickets in in a suite you think I'm thinking so. I, I think we need for both of us, just because. Well, um, I think we need tickets in a suite and on the 50 yard line, just so that we can middle of the field. Yeah, we can take our pick if it's a nice day. So, like one of those uh, seats that, like, like the club seats that can go inside or outside. No, no, no. I'm talking like we have like a row on the 50 yard line that we could go sit at, or we could oh, okay. go up to the suite. I get you. You know, either or, no big deal. Okay, so. What would have been some of your your initial influencer, some of your early influencer content? Uh, I've, I have, uh, I have endorsed Rob Bro. Solid. There, there's been Stand no financial, it. financial uh, exchange just yet, but we're working. We're working through the process. I've, uh, I've also endorsed uh, great value products. So you're going to invoice Walmart? Sam that's, Walton? The, that's the plan. Directly. That's the hey, plan. Hey, man. Look, man. I've, I've been... Times are tough. I've been your greatest advocate here. Uh, another... I've also endorsed in uh, Bluebell. Haven't, You've done that before. Haven't though. heard back. Haven't heard back from them yet. So does this work out where like you just endorse something and you give them your stamp and then you send them an invoice? So like, say we wanted to pick up a sponsor, we just start talking about them and then we send them a bill? That remains to be seen. The we're still in the infancy stages of influencer status and, oh, and man, how it works. Diet Dr Pepper. I I just really figured that as soon as I declared myself as a such, sweet one. 
that people would people would just start throwing money at me and oh. and that hasn't that hasn't happened so i'm i'm not quite sure what i'm what i'm doing wrong i think i even had one new follower that's uh, nuts man yeah. just one yeah isn't that You're crazy like one a day Oh. Well, excuse me. The podcast account oh. is growing. Here, let's let's give you well a, because of that tweet I had probably. So, granted, we we have we follow eight hundred eighty five accounts. True, and that was a little bit of a gamesmanship when we first started the podcast to to get some follow backs. Our follower count currently, when we first started, it was like in the two hundreds. We currently have five hundred and forty seven followers. Hey, thanks, are, guys. Yeah. Well, yes. On a serious note, thank you for following the podcast. But our our influencer, our um, oh, what's that rating called? Where they do like an influencer rating, and it's I'm gonna remember this like in 30 minutes, and you're just gonna shout it. I am. I know what it is. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyways, the podcast account is growing. Well, I'd um, I'd like to do a, a couple more. Things I, I influenced. Oh, excuse me, please. <sighs> Come on. I've got, to, I've got to get this brand going. Okay. I influenced Staking the Planes. Follow at Staking the Plane. Of course, this podcast. Dinger Derby, of course. Rob Rowe Show. Also, Evie Mays, which I went to visit on Saturday. It was delicious. I need to go. Also, The Shack. Shack is good. Also, Caprock Cafe. <laughs> Duh. And... One of our personal favorites, not yours. I mean, mine and my wife's. Craft House, Gastropub. Love that place. Overrated. So I, I'm waiting to hear back, even though I didn't officially ask them for anything. <laughs> well, I'm currently drinking Yano Estacado. No, I'm not. Sorry. I'm currently drinking... No. And the bottle's gone. It's Caprock. Oh. Caprock Winery. That's okay. But speaking of foods, there's something we need to talk about. We haven't. No, we it wasn't. We haven't talked about. It's Latiosa. No, it wasn't. Oh my gosh. It's McPherson. Wait, I'm drinking McPherson. Is it Pheasant Ridge? Just no, just, it wasn't Pheasant Ridge. Just name the last one out there. No, it re- it really is McPherson. Sorry, everyone. As a uh, self-proclaimed food podcast, <laughs> that's how you drink red wine. <laughs> we need to get back to our roots and talk about some food here. I don't remember where I heard it. That's a lie. I heard it on the radio. <laughs> Excuse me. I had a little brain fart there for a second. We we asked you guys an important question to settle the debate or to have your voice be heard. The official food of Texas. And I guess technically there already is an official food of Texas. This was more of like, what do you think it should be? Not what is it? Mm-hmm. So I gave three options. Michael, you, you tell me if you disagree with these options. Barbecue. That's solid. Chili. Okay. Other. But you also qualified other as... You're wrong. As you're wrong. So that, that kind of kind of got people off on the wrong foot. What's, would you like I to read... I drew off sides because there, there, there were a lot of other responses. They're like, meh. There were some legit others. I, I can get on board with some of these others. Yeah. So the results... 111 votes, so yeah, it's yeah. a it's a good 20 percent of our following. We've got we've got 10 hours left, guys. Get your votes in. I, I don't I don't think I'll, I don't know how long I set it for. I guess it, it's probably 24 hours. It, I yeah, think that's the 24 hours the yeah. standard. 77 um, percent voted for barbecue. Nice. Is official food 
of Texas. Out of these three choices, that was also my vote. 14% picked chili, the current official official food of Texas. Official food of Texas. And 9% had other. And like I said, let me let me read off some of these others. There was steak. Yeah. Steak's good. Um beef beef steak. Several weighed in and said Tex-Mex. I I really enjoy that as an option. That that probably it, could have been an, like a an acceptable third answer outside of other you're wrong. I, I if Tex-Mex was on there, I would have really <laughs> had trouble picking because that is truly a Texas a border thing. And even chili probably has some roots in there here and there. A bowl of red. Yeah. Yeah. Um this falls under Tex Mex, but it was listed separately, very specifically, queso. I don't, I don't know if it's a, the official food of Texas. I, I don't think you think, go to Texas like, man, I'm gonna have me some queso. I think you would you would put that under the Tex Mex umbrella, like you mentioned. However, when you think about going like visiting Louisiana, man, when I go to Louisiana, I gotta get me some queso. No. New Mexico? No. You know why? Because they put green chilies in it. It sucks. That's just that's a terrible take. Green chilies are delicious. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Um, you are in the minority there. Dustin McNabb said, "I would not feel right if I did not say all sips burrito," but he voted for barbecue. All sips burrito. It has a lot of man. It's a great. It's a it's a great one, Dustin. I, I am with you. You know how much I enjoy the all sips burrito, but it has too many roots in New Mexico. And that's that's Gosh. no offense. That's not a. I mean the it's got the the Zia basically as the the logo, and I don't think I don't think we could allow that as Texans because nope. I know how Texans are typically. Trevor Nelson weighed in. This was a subcategory of of barbecue. He said the correct answer is brisket. I agree with this, and I'd go one step further and say smoked brisket. Yes, smoked brisket. I, I think. The barbecue, out of the choices you gave, barbecue was the best option. Tex-Mex is up there. But if you're going to say barbecue, I think you should classify it, get to the meat of it, and get just say <laughs> the, smoked brisket. The beefy meat? Yes. Get, get, right, get right to the, the meat of it. All right. Because that is really what Texas is known for, especially now with all the Travel Channel and... Pecan Lodge, Franklin's. Yeah. Evie Mays. Evie Mays. All the all those places. The that, shack, not Rudy's. Hey, Rudy's is Rudy's is the best Fast. chain barbecue okay, I've sure. ever had. Where does Dickie's fall? Oh, Dickie's was terrible. Dickie's was overpriced too. <laughs> yeah, there's all a right. reason they um, they uh, could not pay their rent on 98th Street, and employees showed up with doors locked. That's how that went down. What about Max? Max was pretty good. I think I should go back. So I was I was with my son waiting in urgent care this weekend, um, and we were going through some pictures. So he's on the mend. He's fine. I was about to say, oh, okay, you kind of buried the lead there. <laughs> no, no, he's fine. Um, he had viral pneumonia. Oh. So he's recovering nicely. He's on steroids, and he's an absolute psycho when he's on beast. steroids. beast. Yeah. <laughs> um. We were going through old pictures, and I came across our trip to Max. I was like, I don't think I'd have, I ever feel the need to go back. 
I do want to go to, I think it's Bent Nail, which opened where the old Dickies was on 98th Street. That's Mesquite Smoked, which speaks to me as a West Texas. Merkle, Merkle Texan from uh, back in the day. That's You just had Mesquite everywhere back home, and that was what people used to smoke barbecue. Yeah. All right. My my vote would have been for, for barbecue. Brisket, I, pulled pork, r- beef rib. I think we should kind of briskety. Yeah, I think we should narrow it down. My vote if in this order because I think Tex Mex is really legit. It is. It was. I it, would, it was an oversight on my part not to include it. I'm I so would sorry. go smoke brisket is would get my number one vote, and then Tex Mex would get number two, for sure. Because Tex Mex, well, think of all the on, influence you, you, you went, that Tex Mex barbecue, has. Like you went a specific part of barbecue with yes. brisket, but then you went. I would umbrella buy, with Tex-Mex. Yes, I would bypass the umbrella of just barbecue. I would go smoked brisket, then Tex-Mex. All of Tex-Mex, not like just like. I don't think smoked so. Smoked brisket, queso, or well, how do you? There's there's too much Tex-Mex, <laughs> and that is a great thing. I mean, what do you get? Like nachos. I love nachos. Nachos is Tex-Mex. Crunchy tacos, cheese yeah. enchiladas. I'm not sure if tamales are. But those are darn good. Right. So you, I mean, you really I couldn't got, figure out to say dang or darn. Sorry. You get yourself in a bit of a bind trying to it's true. pick it's true. which Tex-Mex thing you would focus on. And then is chili up there for you at all? I enjoy chili, but no. Okay. It's, it's, okay. it's, it's good. I, I really like it. It's, it's, I think we've talked about it on here. Fall weather. Yes. That's as soon as that crisp air starts hitting. October, sometimes like November, t- like today. <laughs> yeah, you know, since it was seventy-five yesterday and thirty-five today. Today would have been a really good chili day, but so would have uh, like United makes a, a really good plate of uh, cheese enchiladas. Yes, <laughs> or, or United even makes like a chicken enchilada soup. That's pretty good. So I'm not a big fan of like chicken Tex-Mex. It, I the, think that would the, be considered Tex-Mex, right? The weirdness of like the shredded chicken in a tortilla. Those two. I can see like that. It has to like you have to bite into a tortilla, but then you have to like shred the chicken. It's, those two things don't, don't don't go together. You've got to get it pretty small, pretty yeah, and it's just finely shredded. It's just, it's just weird. It doesn't bug me too much, but right. I get it. Last intro topic before we get on to Texas Tech stuff has to do with the conference. Is, is conference championship games over this weekend? Is, yes. Is, is that what they're called? AFC, AFC NFC. Yep. All right, this conversation obviously came out um, Sunday evening into Monday. If we had the the opportunity, the chance to make to pass one new rule for the 2019-2020 season, so just one of these, which one would you do? Would you allow challenge and video review of pass interference? Or would you change the overtime rules to allow both teams the opportunity to, to score? I would change the Irregard- overtime rules. Irregardless of what the first team does. That that would I would I don't know how they would do it, but I would change the overtime rules because as egregious as that non call was in the Saints Rams game, rarely does a non call pass interference affect a game as much as just the weird over maybe having rules. your MVP sit on the bench for seven minutes. But was that the NFL's fault or was that the Bob Sutton's fault? And I only know his name. 
because he got fired today. <laughs> it was all they talked about. Right. The, the Chiefs defensive coordinator getting fired today. Yeah. Um, so I think I would agree with you. I, I think I'd want to change the NFL overtime rules. There are two, I guess, scenarios or proposed changes, right? So there's one. I, I think it was Kyle Jacobson that threw this out. He said, do the coin flip, whatever. The first team takes the ball to 50, they get one play. Wherever they get to on that one play, that's where the other team takes over. They get one play. Yes, and then I think Ty, who is one of our friends with Kansas State, or a Kansas State fan, he remembered that there was an NCAA football game called Tug of War in like 07 or 08. That was exactly what Kyle was describing. And he said Maybe it was a where blast he got to that. play. He said yeah. it was a lot of fun to play. You know, as a, I don't know how much fun it would be to watch, but I can imagine it'd be so much fun because you're Cause just you gotta think like, like offense, defense, offense, defense. You, everyone's back back and forth coming off the field. That'd be right. a heck of a thing to see. So like if the first team gets um, down to like the 10, do you get super aggressive as, as the, the second offense coming on? Like we have to get those yards back or are you trying to be really conservative? Because if you don't get any yards, like say you throw a, a deep pass and it's incomplete, you turn the ball over on the 10. Or he's like, you know what? We need to get like 15 yards here, push him back. Yeah, what's the strategy involved yeah, no, with that? Super cool. Or you go back to the kind of original, not original, the current college overtime rules, but instead of giving the ball that's 25, you back them up to like the 40 or whatever. So you make them like the 40 would be a long field goal, or maybe the NFL, you push them to 45 or something and give them the same kind of things as, as college. You know, you get, you know, there, there's no. There's no game clock. You've got one timeout. Yeah. You've got your standard downs to get to it. And then the other team gets the chance. Yeah, because say if you don't if you don't get any yardage, you can still attempt a field goal from there, which is 53 yards, which for NFL is long-ish, fairly long, but you would expect most teams to be able to make that where I think in, in college, kicking a 42-yard field goal for college excuse me, as long-ish, you would still kind of expect your team to make it. So, I'm a little biased because I liked Peyton Manning quite a bit while he was playing. And I remember at least once with the Colts and I think once with the Broncos, he was sidelined in a playoff game during overtime, just like Mahomes was, and they lost. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I think about that too, and it's not just influenced on this last week, but – it's just hard to it, – it's it's fun that you got to win because uh, only half your team got to play, I guess, or had to play. So, you but know what? That, like you said, the same argument that people were saying, well, you should have should won in the fourth – you know, you had four quarters to win. Well, yeah. Here's, here's – I think that the solution to get both of those proposed overtime rules – so we can see it. Go ahead and institute the 45-yard overtime into the NFL. The Pro Bowl, have them do like a, like their skills competition, whatever, have them do a game of tug-of-war like this. The You get one play, and the other team takes over. Do that, that at the, at the Pro Bowl, which could be an interesting. Maybe even do that just for a quarter. Or just just because. Or like, you know what? Yeah. Like, no, nobody really cares what their Pro Bowl is, nah. except you know we're going to get probably be able to see Mahomes playing the Pro Bowl, which could be pretty cool. Um, I heard a lot of people say 
Texas Tech fan saying this is probably the first Pro Bowl I pay attention to, and it's only because of Mahomes. I agree, and even then, it's still probably going to be passively because he'll he'll play it at most a quarter, right? Don't they kind of so space that out a little bit? So think about the other AFC quarterbacks that could be, be there with him. Well, who who are they? They're on there, right? I'm pretty sure it's Philip Rivers and yeah. Baker Mayfield. Do you think about Baker Mayfield and Pat Mahomes being on the sideline? I was going to say again, but that would that'd be false. He, they were never on the same team at the Let's same say time. That's the, oh, probably the only time they've been around each other except yes. for when they played in the and then NFL. Like, oh, and look, they're finally together. Against right. each other in OU. Ooh, 30 minutes. That was a good intro topic. All right. We're moving on. Moving on to baseball. Um, as I promised, it'll be short and sweet. There's really not a whole lot of news. We're not doing any kind of big preview. We're going to leave that, like I said, to Keith and Dinger Derby when they launch next week. But today, two bits of news. Baseball America, one of the final uh, preseason rankings came out for the team, listed Texas Tech at number eight in their preseason poll. This is the lowest of the four that have been released so far, but you're still top ten. And then D1 Baseball came out with their All-America team's uh, unsurprisingly, Josh Young was named up to the first team. Gabe Holt listed to the third team as an outfielder, which I think is kind of where we landed, where we would expect him to play most of his time in 2019. So there's baseball. What's your baseball update? Baseball update. That's all I got for you. End of. Um, let's, let's talk some more football. Um, first, let's do Texas Tech football. Um, news, not really released, but kind of leaking out today. Leaky, oh gosh. News that was leaking today. A lot of leaky news. That, um. I hate leaky news. The director of recruiting, and I'm, I'm blanking on her name. The one that Wells hired away from Charlie Strong has left the program for quote personal reasons. Um, it would appear she's reuniting with Charlie Strong at. South Florida, I believe. Um, like I said, the only thing that we heard was uh, personal reasons. Don't know what that means. Don't know what Michael's looking at. I'm trying to find her name. It's terrible. I'm, I'm in our Slack chat trying to find her name, which is probably not the best place. Which we I don't, I don't think we even said her name today. I think you tweeted it. So... Other than that, no other Texas Tech news today or this week. Um, just that the uh, recruiting period is picking up. You saw a bunch of offers to committed guys uh, coming from Coach Cooks, your new safeties coach that came over from Oklahoma. A lot of those guys are committed that he recruited to Oklahoma, which is going to be kind of an interesting d- dynamic. You know, if it's one of those things where he – negative recruited against tech. I don't know how much they have to do that at Oklahoma, but what that, that pitch now sounds like coming from him at Texas tech versus what it was when he was at Oklahoma. But there's some big name guys there that he's trying to, to flip. Um, Catherine Sawyer, Catherine Sawyer. Yes. She's the director of recruiting, former director of recruiting for Texas tech. Kind of a bad time as the, this last little push of the recruiting class is happening since signing day is two weeks from tomorrow. 
to finalize the rest of your class. You still have a couple of guys that are committed that didn't sign with you that you would expect. Um, and then, like I said, a bunch of offers have gone out to like high three and four star guys for this, this recruiting class because of coach cook. So really interested to see if, if there are any signing day uh, flips that he's able to pull off. He being the coaching staff. Sorry. I looked at you and I was like, what am I saying? <laughs> um, but then as we kind of mentioned earlier, the Super Bowl has been set after the, the conference championship games this weekend. We will not see Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl in his first full season as a starter, unfortunately. Wow. What a crazy sentence to and have to be, said. And to be upset about it. That he was one it. game, possibly a coin flip, possibly one offsides play away one, from going to a Super Bowl the first season that he was handed the reins of a professional football team. One roughing the passer call. Oh, my gosh. That was one of the week. One third down stop that couldn't freaking get in overtime. Yeah. Third and ten. Hey, I wonder what they're going to do. Tony Romo knew. <laughs> Everyone else knew. Dude, everybody's all over Romo's nuts. <laughs> Dude's good, man. And here's the thing. What, what's really funny is like, he'd be such a good coach. One, I don't think his his uh, recognition of plays would translate to be fast enough to be on the field, right? Like. I don't know how that would work. Right. How could you communicate that to someone like as it's happening? Yeah. But he's, he was going to make so much more money in the broadcast booth than he would in a coaching position. I th- so much less pressure. I, great yeah. move. Great yeah. move by Romo. He's going to get paid I, millions. I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there and see if anyone else thinks the same is, is Pat Mahomes a version of Tony Romo, but with a much better arm, obviously. I mean, that kind of goes without saying, it's. I'm not criticizing Romo's arm, but it's kind of an elephant in the room if you don't mention <clears throat> Mahomes' arm at least a little bit. Could Excuse you see me. that? Because he's kind of he's elusive in the same way that Romo was. He's not super fast, just by measurables, but he gets away from defenders. He rolls away. He makes things happen. He makes a lot of reads. I'm gonna defer to your opinion here. I, that's. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. So I, I wonder if Romo kind of thinks I've ever I've wondered that a few times when he's calling these Chiefs games if he's like man if I had an arm like Mahomes what I could have done <laughs> what what could I have done with this arm so my goodness how many how many uh, playoff games that did Romo win uh, I believe we're hovering around zero so he never won a playoff game I don't think so I so Mahomes has already passed Romo. So I'm going to go ahead and just say no. You know, he must have won one. It, it, I think he won one. Because the year that Dez caught it, they had a they had a first round bye. And so they lost their only playoff game that year. So they had a first round bye. They didn't have to play a wild card. He may have won a wild card game or a divisional game. Gosh, when would that have been? Uh, anyway, the, well, I, I did look up something else too. Okay. The uh, the Pro Bowl roster. Yes. Which does not include Baker Mayfield. Thank goodness. Uh, uh, but could you imagine him in like an exhibition setting? It's going to happen. Just I, I really could see that happen. Crotch grabbing and. Oh well, he might. He might showboating be for the Hawaiians. Is it in Hawaii still? I don't even. know. I don't think so. Really? I thought it was. Okay. 
I'm going to scroll up and see. Oh, it's in Orlando. Yeah, you're right. You got to be kidding me. Okay. Is it, uh, UCF Stadium, that really ridiculously small stadium for I, a venue like this? This article doesn't <clears throat> say what stadium, but it just says. Excuse me. It does say Orlando. But as far as quarterback, you've got Pat Mahomes, of course. Uh, Philip Rivers, as you mentioned. Tom Brady, who obviously won't be playing. Andrew Luck. And Deshaun Watson. That could be interesting. Yeah. What about on the NFC side? NFC quarterbacks. Where am I? You have Drew Brees, who's available. <laughs> Sorry, Saints fans. Uh, we Jared Goff, who is unavailable. Aaron Rodgers, who cares. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky of what? the Bears. The Bears. Yeah. Well, they were. They went. You know, they lost a really close playoff game this year too. He's. Drafted the same class as Mahomes. Gets a lot of comparisons. He's played really well this year. But okay, let me let me look up Cowboys playoff wins because that's that's why people tune in to so listen to us do research as we're doing this. Uh huh. At at least you know it's not like the radio where they're 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 looking up something and it's. Hold on, let me see if I can do this without. It's like. <sighs> It's like, dude, like, do you have a mic on your keyboard? Like, what the heck is happening? You know, he has he has two playoff wins. 2015 against the Lions in the wild card playoff game, and then um, t- 2009 against the Eagles in a wild card. So Mahomes got half of what Tony Romo did in his first year as a starter. Nearly got a second. Ne- nearly tied him. I, I don't... Could have passed him if the... They had a defense. I don't. I don't like where you're going with this. Story of Mahomes' life. I don't like where you're going with this. That dude. I mean, could you imagine? Like, if he, if like Andy Reid and the Chiefs, like, you know what? We're not drafting a single offensive player. We're only going after defense, which is a stupid move. But if they committed to building like an elite defense to go with Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey, a decent defense. Watkins, Samuel. All right. All right, let's get on to what do we got next? Let's let's get to what we've been putting off. Oh no, you've got one more thing. What do you got on what do you got on here? A little bit more Cowboys news. Oh yes, Cowboys news. Um and this is more of a question. I don't know if it's even been talked about a whole lot. I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday. Um as the Cowboys are continuing to search for an offensive coordinator, it looks like they're looking internally to Kellen Moore. Raised eyebrow from Michael. He was the former, former backup to Romo. Maybe yes, like he, I he, think he so. got drafted out of uh, Boise State like a decade ago. Well, he played for the Lions for a while. I think he played for Detroit. Sure. And there may be a connection there because Kitna was on the Cowboys too, and he was on. And Kitna's coming over as the quarterback coach to replace Moore. Which is kind of where this is, is is picking up. Wow, what a world! And Moore was at Boise State in college. Yeah, he played Boise State. Kitten is coming from like Weather Waxahachie High School. Sounds because here's the thing, I actually interviewed for a job in Waxahachie. Is it Waxahachie or yeah, Waxahachie? It's Wax. I Dad promise. Gummit, I've been saying Waxahachie my whole life. Um. Picture me rolling, saying Waxahachie. <laughs> like, legit, in the interview, they're they're gushing about having John Kitna as their high school coach. They're like, 
yeah, why not? That's 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 pretty good. That's not a selling point to me working here. I'm oh. not going to go to a high school, some random high school football game. I'm close enough to my alma mater. I would alma mater. I would be traveling back to Mesquite. Oh, I see what you're saying. I wouldn't go to a game. Oh, because John Kitna's there. I, I just thought that you might get the <laughs> chance to work for him or something. I thought that no. was kind of the no no no. The interview was was for a hospital there. Oh. Work in their marketing department. Oh, so they were like this one thing. Like it had selling, nothing to do with it. They were selling high school football as a reason to move to Waxahachie. Waxahachie. Okay. Yeah. So, um, if if the Cowboys do promote Kellen Moore to offensive coordinator, I don't even know what that would look like. It's well, that seems like a big stretch. I found one guy who that was his upside. Uh, the guy for um, you don't know what you're getting. That's obviously a good thing. The guy for SportsDayDFW.com, which is the Joss Morning News. Yeah, John. Gosh, uh, and I, you guys that follow the Cowboys are gonna hate me for not knowing how to pronounce it. John Makota, M-A-C-H-O-T-A, Machota. Yeah, one of them. Uh, that was kind of his argument. Someone showed. Someone asked. We're just moving on from that. Why do you think the Cowboys are regarding <laughs> Kellen Moore as one of their front runners as offensive coordinator? And he he laid it out. He laid out his reasonings for it, and he said that um, as you kind of scroll through it, he he said that the Cowboys' 2018 staff had Jason Garrett, mm. Scott Linehan, Rod Marinelli in their top three positions. All three have been in the NFL for a long time. All three have strong convictions. They've seen their styles work for decades, but. That also means decades of trends are out there for opponents to study. With more, no one knows what his offensive philosophy is, so it will be much more difficult to predict what the offense will do in certain situations. Does more know what his offensive philosophy would be? We don't. <laughs> we don't know. That's for sure. Could I mean it, it? The Cowboys have a tendency to to I don't want to say regurgitate, but they have a tendency to. <laughs> Uh, in oh, what do you call it? Not in hire hire from within, I guess, or advance from within, or whatever you call it. it just okay. seems like there's like a rotating the people that are there end up doing something. You know, that's how Garrett got there. Garrett played quarterback, then Garrett was a assistant coach, then Garrett was an OC, and then Garrett's that head coach, and it just kind of keeps. It's just kind of a cycle of, well, if you get in in the right place and you don't do a terrible job or at least finally terrible enough to get fired. I was about to say, is has Garrett not done a terrible job so far? Of of course <clears throat> not. Of course not. He's Obviously. He's, he's probably there. got 10 years left. Greatest coach alive. He's got a very long leash, Mr. Mr. Garrett. But I, I think that that's just kind of the Cowboys, what they do. They have somebody in-house that they like and then they'll – promote them and then stand by them to the point of exhaustion. And then sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Yep. All right. Let's, let's talk some Texas tech basketball. Okay. My first bullet point is now incorrect. It said, Oh, and two we've had, it's now Oh, and three. We've had three games since our last recording. They, they churned them out we Wednesday, had, Saturday and Tuesday tonight, yep. right before we hit record all three losses. <sighs> I don't want to talk about it. All three losses to teams. So questions. The first question came. Oh. <laughs> You're skipping the questions altogether. And that was basketball. No, here's here's the most frustrating thing. Thring. These three losses very easily 
could have been wins. At the very least, you could have gone two and one. Like, I think the most acceptable loss would have been tonight had it not been that you only scored 45 points. You, you lose to, to Iowa State at home, you shouldn't have done that. You, you had them on the ropes. You, you just didn't have a way to close out the game. And with there being three games, I'm sorry, there's not going to be a whole lot of specific review here. Yeah, we can't dive it's three into games all the ago. details. Um, you lost at home to Iowa State, which is killer because they're going to be in the top tier competing for the conference championship. It's going to be tough to get that game back. It's going to be the last game of the regular season when you go to Ames um, with whatever is on the line there. It, it's going to be extremely difficult to win that game. Um, you travel to Baylor and you, you just look completely inept. Baylor is trying to figure out who they are without their star guy, Tristan Scott, Tristan Clark. There it is. Um, and then they shoot like 33s and make 28 of them. Yeah. And they're not a three point shooting team. It was like, I mean, they were on like, fire the week before against Oklahoma State, but they definitely picked up right where they lopped off. The, the, the most frustrating thing for me with that Baylor game was Tech kept overcompensating on the threes. They would have some some guy just running blindly out to the three point line anytime someone. It was almost was always there. Kyler Murray, Kyler Edwards. Oh my gosh, and Kyler Edwards. <laughs> if it was Kyler Murray, he might have gotten to him. But uh, because it happened several times tonight too, there was. And then they'd have a wide open layup in the middle to a big man cutting, who just just tossed in. I don't even know if he would dribble. Well, the the the, fresh, the other frustrating thing is like if if the guy didn't get there to block, like he would just dribble once, sidestep the the tech defender racing at him. And that was that. And then have an open shot and yeah. and sunk every single one of them. Um, and then you lost tonight on the road at Kansas State, um, which leading up to this game, you having gone 0-2, Kansas State on a four-game win streak, you knew the trends were going in the wrong direction. Like it was going to be difficult enough for you to win this game on the road. Kansas State had won four straight. You had lost two straight. And they led basically start to finish. You might yeah. you may have tied the game. Um, yeah, I think you tied it early after a couple of turnovers. Early it was turnover, like, yeah, it turnovers. Turnovers. Like when you got to nine and then eleven, basically until you got to twenty points, and then you stopped scoring. You went like we said this earlier on a nearly ten minute drought where you only scored it's either three or five free throws over that that ten minute span where Iowa State was able to put up a a 10-point lead going to half. As a team, you shot 33%. Which which wouldn't have been... That's that's not terrible. I mean, it's not good. You're shooting for the 40s, but then as three-pointers, you were 5 for 23 on three-pointers. 22%. Yeah, then if you had held them to your season average for field goal percent, which is 35% first in the NCAA... You shooting 33% wouldn't have been that bad, right? At one point, they were shooting 55%, and you were struggling to hit 30. Yeah. Went downhill fast. Yeah, You had that nine-minute stretch in the first half. You had like a six- or seven-minute stretch in the second half. That's like a third of the game where you're not putting up points, and they're just like, well, if you're not going to score, I will. And I – not Iowa State, Kansas State. Um – 
And this is something we've talked about a lot. Just outside of Culver, what options do you have? We thought maybe Moretti or Mooney would would emerge, and they did for a couple of games a couple of weeks ago. I think those two guys combined for what, like five points tonight? They combined for eight. Eight. Mooney had two. He was one for nine. Missed all four free uh, three-pointers that he shot. And Moretti didn't score till late too, right? Uh, I don't believe so. Moretti only had – his only buckets were two threes. And those and were Tariq late, Owens had two threes. Tariq Which, Owens had as many threes as Moretti. Yeah. So o- only two guys in double figures were Owens with 12, Culver with 17. Uh, Moretti had six. And then anyone else who scored had two. Yeah, that's not going to get it done, especially on the road. No, and it's it's one of those things you could kind of see coming in some of this conference play or uh, non-conference play. But Tech would somehow muscle out a win. Their defense would come through. Um, I think Kyle was pointing it out on our Slack chat. The you know something would work in our favor. Moretti would have a monster game. Mooney would have a monster game. Which is how you won. We would miss Texas. one free throw, or, or you know, just something would really just kind of bounce our way. And then when that quits happening, you go zero and three. Right after I said that we would win fifteen conference games. You still can. You still can. You if can't you lose win, anymore. But if you win every single one left you on win, the schedule. Yep, if you win every single one. So Including I, sweeping TCU, sweeping yep. Kansas, because yeah. you haven't played either one of them yet. You play Kansas coming up in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, it's next Saturday you play them, uh, which is going to be great. The second. I've, this, is, this is one of the first times I've been really excited to go to one of my friend's birthday parties because he's. I think he's turning three. He, oh. loved, he loves basketball. And so it's... <laughs> Your friend is turning three. My friend. My, you know what I mean. <laughs> Family. Sure. Friend yeah. of the. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's he's got three. It's a three-year-old's friends. birthday party, and they're going to have the game on because that's kind of the big theme is, is basketball. So they're going to have it during the Kansas game. So that'll be kind of fun. Well, it'll be on the road. So it's, it, it, I yeah. hope it'll be kind of fun. It might be pretty ugly. Oh, it may be terrible. It, it may be really awful. But I... I think this team has kind of fallen back to where uh, I know Ke- uh, Kyle's done some great posts on the BPI ratings showing Tech coming away with 12 conference wins. I think that's where we're headed if we're lucky. And I don't want to be the sky is falling guy, but at the same point, we, we should probably adjust our expectations a little bit because at the beginning of the season, this is probably more of what I expected. Uh, I didn't know how the offense was going to produce. I didn't know how we would be able to win games. Um, But then we started playing just lights out defense and some other things started falling our way. And the next thing you know, your only loss is to Duke as you go into conference play and you start to kind of started to believe. Yeah. started to think things a little bit differently, but we've tech has been exposed quite a bit in these losses and our, our expectations may need to be adjusted accordingly. I, I still think this is a tournament team. I don't think this will be a Big 12 championship team. But I didn't think that before the season started because we lost so many guys. But it still doesn't mean it's disappointing to to have come this far and think that you're on the verge of maybe winning the Big 12 championship. You've seen Kansas go down to Iowa State. You've seen them go down to – Winless in Big 12 play, West Virginia, who who disrespectfully rushed the court like a bunch of hooligans. How dare they disrespect the game of basketball like that? I wonder if I wonder if it's someone for the game. I wonder if someone at KU elbowed somebody on the court because that would just be unacceptable. We can't have that. 
We we should find we should find West Virginia if they got elbowed on the court by by a Jayhawk player. Yeah. Anyway, I I'm a little uh, I'm not worried worried, but I think we're a, we're kind of coming back down to probably where we the, really should have been the seventh in the conference. Uh, is maybe it, is that still too low? No, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, you know that preseason thing. I'll still give that grief because they had West Virginia way up way up there. They um, were like what third. Uh, yeah, K- Kansas State was second. I think it was Kansas, Iowa State, and West Virginia, right? No, or TCU. I think I, I think it was Kansas, Kansas State, TCU. Well, Kansas, West, West Virginia, TCU. Kansas State is fifteen and four, just like we are, and they're five and two in Big Twelve play. I don't want to hear it. We're four and three. I mean, it. Who knows? Someone might have known something. Anyway, I I don't want to dwell on it too long and be too negative or too positive or too anything, but this is probably more what we should expect and what we should have expected, but we just went on a really good run. So I, I was really excited about the game this upcoming weekend because I, I, I called it in my office today as a get-right game because I, I did not have very much confidence in tonight's game. We were playing a really terrible Arkansas team at home. But if you're scoring 45 points, granted, you, you play like the second best defense in the in the conference. Yeah, I mean, credit to Kansas State. They have a great defense. If you're scoring 45 points, then you're not going to win no. any game. No. If you're scoring 45 in Big 12 football, you may not win the game. Yeah. Um. So you've got Arkansas coming up this weekend, the SEC Big 12 Challenge. A couple of big games, you've got Kansas-Kentucky. An 8-9 matchup. That'll be pretty interesting to watch. Um, Tennessee-West Virginia had a lot more shine to this game earlier earlier on in the season, whereas West Virginia's kind of slumped a little bit. I think Tennessee is first currently, second. They're top three. I can't remember. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember the other conference games because I don't really care but you're playing Arkansas and then on Monday night you host TCU so you've got two home games in three days and then your next game will be Saturday the second at Kansas so over those three games are we expecting 0-3 1-2 2-1 or 3-0 I'm going to be slightly optimistic uh, and go with two and one. I was going to try to, to, to count us down so we can say it together. Oh, sorry. One, two, two, two and, and one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> two and one. Oh, wait, do it again. One, two. Peace. <laughs> was that was that it? Okay, no. Uh, well, I, we, we were actually practicing that before we hit record. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we beat Arkansas and TCU. Those are both home games. I, I don't think we win in Kansas on Saturday. Not like not. I'm not super confident we beat, beat TCU. TCU. I'm, I'm, I'm really not, but I'm just going out there and saying I'm I'm thinking two and one. So the last point here, I've got how much has the Big Twelve conference race outlook changed in the last couple of weeks? It's changed considerably because you Kansas State started zero and two. They they lost by twenty to Texas at home, 
and then they came to Lubbock and we beat them by three or five or whatever ridiculously small amount that we should have housed them. Then they've rattled off five straight. And now they've won five straight. West Virginia picked really highly in the conference. They're one in five. One in six. One in, oh, they lost again. One in six. With Of course, their one win coming against Kansas. Kansas, yeah, uh, which makes just, I mean, makes no sense. As much the, the, sense. Iowa State, and then your your three game skid here. You were looking to possibly challenge Kansas for the Big Twelve title this year, unless unless you figure something out and rattle off fifteen straight. I don't see that happening. Yeah, as of right now, Texas Tech is fourth, four and three in the conference, behind um, Kansas, Kansas State, and Baylor. Baylor's four and two, and of course they've they've beaten us. You should have beaten Baylor. Good. Gravy. You and, should have been I mean, more competitive tonight too, and that was just disgusting. And Tech is tied with Iowa State at four and three, and I'm not sure why. I don't. I don't always understand these things. I'm not sure why Iowa State is not in front of them. And this is directly from the Big Twelve website. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So Texas Tech really could be they're fourth right now, but they very well could be fifth. Yeah. So. Not quite halfway through conference play. And nope. there's a, and, a lot of stuff that's going to move around. So it, it swung wildly, these this first seven games. 11 more to go. Yeah, yep. 11 more to go. So you've got some time to make up, some ground to make up. Um, it could swing just as wildly the other direction. I'm like, man, you know how we, <laughs> we saw the swing? Like, oh, look, everything's kind of coming into place where – Kansas and Kansas State and Iowa State are kind of taking care of business where they're projected. That could change. Right. Although Kansas State's getting pretty hot right now. Dean Wade is back, unfortunately. Well, and Tech hasn't been Dude able to take miss. advantage of of Kansas losing. You know, Kansas lost right before Tech played Baylor. And then Tech lost. Yeah. So you, you just can't even capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, Tech lost to this – to the same Iowa State team that beat Kansas. And I was kind of thinking, you know, I thought, man, Iowa State may be really good. And, and of course, they beat us in the end. But they lost two in a row, including a three-point game to Baylor. And I thought, well, that's just crazy. Baylor's not that good. And then here we are. We lost to both of them. <laughs> back to back. It's kind of a punch. It's kind of a gut punch. I, I feel like I haven't used that word in a while because football season hasn't has been over for quite some time. Not that I'm ready for basketball season to be over. No, no, no. But when the team struggles like this, I really wish we had a second sport going like baseball. We're like, man, we're getting there. Let's get to the baseball games this weekend and, 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 and get better. Yeah. We got three weeks. Starts on the, on the 15th, so. Yeah, yeah. Right at we're getting there. All right, let's get to some questions. We let's are actually it. moving quite moving along, and I I really hesitate to read this question because oh, no. Labar was the first one that chimed in, and he did it like within a oh. minute or two of me posting the question. I know what it is. I'm gonna read it verbatim. How awesome is TB12? Is that like a virus? You know, I don't know. I actually ha- had to look it up. Is that one of those things that you? Is it like an experimental aircraft? Unfortunately, no. 
Tango Bravo one tour. <laughs> one tour. <laughs> no, of course he's talking about his Patriots, Tom Brady. You know, seriously, seriously, Mike, Tom Brady's freaking awesome. Screw he's, Tom Brady. He's pretty great. Pat Mahomes for life, baby. Oh, yeah. Pat, you know, Chiefs fan for life right here. Since Lifelong 19, Chiefs since 1983. Fan. 1989. Yeah. For me. Established. EST 1983 Chiefs fan. But Tom Brady is, is something else. The fact that he can just stand there. And get a penalty call. And never move team. a ball. And never move his feet. It's amazing. And and hit wide open receivers. And they're not even wide open. Uh, or a defender can breathe on them and get a pat, uh, roughing the passer. It's just, it's incredible. Well, you're not allowed to touch Tom. Obviously not, because he will bitch and moan no, anytime somebody no walks touching, past him. No touching touchdown Tom. That is Such rule number one. The JJ. And then and then rule number two is uh, pass interference is legal as long as... As long as you you're absolutely not, destroy the receiver. As long as you're not on the Saints. Yeah. Um, Cooper Burnett. This is actually... An interesting question. Who finishes higher in the Big 12? Track, baseball, or basketball? So basketball, I'm going to go ahead and throw out. I think it's going to be a real tight between track and baseball. You, you lost Culver in track. That's that's kind of my only... How Did you well, did you see the guy that this weekend is number one in the NCAA for 200, the 200 meter? No, uh-uh. They had the Corky Classic meet this weekend. Um here in Lubbock at the new indoor track dudes at the NC it's not a record, but he's, he's got the fastest 200 meter time in the country. It's like 20 point something. I'm, I'm looking this up because yeah, that's insane. I, I ran my track career, which was seventh grade and ninth grade. And that was all I could handle. I ran the 200 and the 200 is hard, man. That's a, that's a tough race. I, I think the 400s probably either the 400 or like the 330 hurdles. Those two are probably the hardest. But I'm I'm going to fight for the 200 a little bit because once you get to a certain level, it's not like you can kind of go 70% and then go 100 the last stretch. You've got to go 100% the whole way. And I was not capable of that, so I was not very good at it. But the fact that uh we have someone who is um that's really impressive. And I always liked, oh, and I'm, I'm going to screw it up. Was, was it Michael Johnson who was uh, kind of the, the big track athlete in the 90s that was uh, really great you. in all the Olympics? I, I, I just remember watching him and was really impressed with what he was able to do. But um, – I'm trying to find this. Yeah, it is Michael Johnson. Thank goodness. I got that right. So what's really frustrating about our Texas Tech social media accounts, so they covered the the track meet this weekend, and they have a picture of the guy that that did it. The The only caption under the photo is that number one feeling. Dude, give me a name. Give me numbers. Quit jacking around. Well, and even if you go to the... Whoa, 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 hey. And even if you go to their website, you have to open the PDF to to actually determine all of the results. But we've come this far. We're going to find the name of this guy. This is why we're, we're we're still on this. 
All right, men, 60-meter dash, 200-meter dash. Was it? It's Divine. Oduduru. Oduduru, yeah. 20.18 seconds. Because he won the national championship last year, surprisingly. Did you already mention this? He's a freshman. Did you know that? Mm, no, because he competed in the NCAA outdoor. You know what? It, was, it may, may have been like in the early fall. He's a freshman, according to the official PDF from Texas Tech website. In second place, Andrew Hudson. Let's not let's uh let, let's not forget that Andrew Hudson, fellow Red Raider, got in uh, second place at twenty point four two seconds. We got some fast two hundred meter runners. And I think it was a four hundred. They were like I think Tech finished one three and four. Wow, it's good stuff. So okay, back to the question: track or baseball? Which one finishes higher in the conference? Let's see. I can't decide, but because of my heart, my alliances, my allegiance, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going baseball. I think I'm gonna go with track. You, you think they're gonna? You know what? No, because they won the Big Twelve last the, year. right? They're both gonna tie and win the conference. Oh, so suck it! All right, I win. I'm, I'm saying track. Okay. Red Red Reset Man. I have two youngins. I want to take them to a baseball game this year. Any suggestions on where to sit? which will be a good game to take them to other general suggestions. Okay. So um, you're going to want to sit. You can go a little bit up the third base side and by a little bit, I mean like batter's box. Like you can't go very far up the third base side, come there, come back around home plate. And then all the way down first base side, those seats will be in the shade first. So for the young ones, not being super hot and burned out, That'll be good to keep them there a little bit longer. Um, the higher you go, the closer you'll be to the awning. So you'll be in the shade first. The closer you are to the field, the more interactive you can be with the players. But you're going to be in the shade later. So you got to trade that off. Um, which will be a good game to take them to? Really, any of the conference games will be good. There will be some good non-conference series like against Kentucky. Yeah, early I was about on. to say Kentucky sounds pretty good. That's that's the second series. Yeah, that's February twenty second. It's gonna be cold. Third and fourth. Yeah. So it well, it could be. I mean, it was seventy four degrees yesterday. Who knows? Yeah. Other general suggestions. Uh, Michigan, Michigan's coming through in March, March twenty first, twenty second, twenty third. That would be. A bigger program to check out. Sneak in your own uh, sunflower seeds. <laughs> That's true. Pro tip. If you sit on the bleachers, see if you can bring in um, a stadium seat, some cushion. I haven't been to a whole lot of baseball Always games. Always bring a glove. Don't don't get too uh, lulled into the atmosphere of being at a baseball game because in a college stadium – if you're at tech and if you're on the first base side, you are in in the direct path of a lot of line drives. The line of far. Um, from right-handed batters that you'll like, you will see their face as they're batting. So they'll be on the third base side when they're batting. If they swing at a ball and they're a little bit late. That ball's coming right at you. Um, there were several times when I was sitting on that side 
was not really paying attention. It's also really hard to gauge, like try to track a ball, having not seen it come off the bat mm-hmm. to track where it's going and how fast it's moving. <laughs> so bring your love, pay attention and sneak in sunflower seeds. Although the concessions will be cheaper, sunflower seeds will not. That's what I got for you. Is that it? Is that all of our questions this week? Yeah. Man, are we done at an hour six? What is this? This is Let's, short. We we have to fill the next 30 minutes with what we learned. <laughs> we have to. We have to. We're, we're contractual, contractually obligated to fill in the next 30 minutes for our sponsors. What we learned this week, I learned some really devastating news. You ready? Yeah. What? My truck is dead. Oh, that's right. Not really dead. It, it's devastating. The dream I, is dead. Because I think... So, it has You've a, had it almost exactly a year. Yeah, it, it has a blown head gasket. He, he, here's what's, what's really devastating. I think I bought it that way. You've been driving it this whole time like that? Mm-hmm. How is it still managing to function because it's not that bad because here's the thing most blown head gaskets you've got like smoke pouring out of the the exhaust it's got a real like sweet or sour smell um i mean it's an older truck so when it's running and you're like next to the exhaust you can smell exhaust right um but i was actually showing the truck last night to somebody i was showing him the exhaust like there was no smoke coming out there was no like weird smell um but I, so I went to go change the oil this weekend because I guess like, time I'm gonna go and do it myself. Popped open the oil cap under the engine. And I was like, I was met with the most disappointing scene of a yellow froth. It's like, oh, oh no, that's not what's supposed to be in the oil. And I knew it immediately. I was like, this oil cap's really hard to get off because it was pressurized because there was air leaking out from the engine. I was like, well, it, it, sorry, it wasn't running, but the stuff had gotten in there and kind of pressurized it a little bit. Yeah. That was really sad. If I had a hat, I would, I would remove it and place it across my chest. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Well, I hate to hear that. Hopefully you can. Well, here's the thing. If um, anyone wants to buy the, I do have a prospective buyer. Yeah. If anyone wants to buy the, uh, the 23 personnel mobile, it is for sale. The red dragon, AKA Mushu. Ah, oh, that's what I used to call my, I had a little red Mazda. I called it the red dragon. Yeah. Well, Mine's got a little snarly lip because there was some front-end damage from the previous owner. Yep. Um, here's the thing. When, when I bought it, I, I just gone through and like looked at, okay, how do you do a quick roadside inspection of a used car that you're buying from a private party? I did the same thing. I tried to open up the oil cap. I, I, I couldn't get it off, but the engine was running when I, when I was doing it. I was like, well, maybe that's why. And I didn't really... I was being watched like really closely by the, the owner and it felt really strange. Oh yeah. That would be kind of weird. So then I, I just kind of stuck my head under the, the truck and looked at the exhaust and I didn't see anything. I was like, well, if, there, if there's a blown head gasket, it's going to be rolling smoke. No. It, the other, other possible thing is that the electronics on the truck aren't like super reliable, especially the gauge cluster. They will sometimes like the oil pressure gauge will not be working or sometimes it'll say like, like the ABS light will come on, but like the brakes are brand new. It's got plenty of power of brake fluid. Um, so it's possible it overheated and I didn't know it cause the, the gauges weren't working. Yeah. 
I have recently replaced the water pump because it was leaking a little bit. It wasn't like dry. Replace the radiator because it was leaking a little bit and it wasn't dry. Um, other most frustrating thing is I've had three or four oil changes and this truck has been in the shop a lot for a bunch of like little things. Not one of these people has said a thing about it. They never, they never noticed it. They or either didn't up on it. notice it, but when, when, when I, obviously when you get an oil change, because I notice it as soon as I open the cap, I've had several oil changes at Bolton's. They've never said a thing. I was like, guys, you do this all the time. Like maybe you just assume I already know. And like, I just don't want to hear that really bad news. No, they would tell me stuff. Cause I, I drove my, I had an 11 year old truck. I drove, uh, gosh, till just a few years ago. And they would, they would tell me some stuff. If, if something was kind of weird, I would, I would think they would tell me. Yeah. They, I know there were a couple of times. I think I was running a little bit too. um, I think I was running 10 W 30 when I should have been running like five W 30. And so it was getting a little gunky coming out and they were telling me that, like, Oh, great and they recommended an engine cleaner and i thought no nah, i've read too many bad things about that i'm i'm, I'm worried that's going to dislodge something that needs to just stay where it is <laughs> uh, yeah. that, that's my dad in me he's like uh if it's running now just leave it alone just just don't yeah but what if no 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 don't, don't touch it it's fine so yeah I, I learned that on saturday um actually fairly quickly went ahead and decided you know i'm not gonna mess with this this is the second vehicle we've had blow ahead gas. I don't know if it happened when I was driving or when I, I bought it like this, but it's like, it's if been, it's been driving the past couple of days just fine. So it's like, well, maybe, maybe it has been the entire time that I've had it. Um, will you be in the market for another pick em up truck out here in pickup country? I would really like to, I just, here's the thing. We have more money now than we did when I bought it. But now I feel like, really hesitant to spend a lot of money on a vehicle. Yeah. Uh, and, and it wasn't very sp- expensive, but I put as much money into repairs over this year as I did yeah. on the purchase price. I would say. At so least. now I'm like, um, I'm, I'm going to, so one, I'm supposed to be meeting the the, the buyer tomorrow to, to, to hand him keys and all that kind of stuff. He's met it. He's, he's, he's met it. He's seen it. We've talked about it. He's driven it. He knows about the, 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 Mechanical yeah. issue, of course. Yeah, well, and also like, hey, here, here's the things I've I've done. I've worked on. It's a 15 year old truck. Yeah, it's got a ton of miles on it. It's it's gonna have some issues here and there. Yeah, he he said he wants to use it as a work truck. I was like, you do you, bro. Um, and then I think we're gonna we're gonna take that cash, hold it until refund season, see if we get any extra bump there, and then start shopping get you uh one of those chevrolet high countries or just you know something just something to get you from a to b <laughs> 65 dollars pickup yeah I, I don't think we're doing anything like that nothing like that no okay. all right what'd you learn they probably week? get you a good deal uh i learned two things i learned that uh flatland cavalry i knew they were putting out a new album pretty recent or pretty soon and I'm I just, assuming it's a band. It's a it's a great band, and I just happened to go online on Friday. I went to Amazon actually because I thought oh, I'm just going to pre-order this thing because I know I'm going to buy it. And that was the day it came out. So what a surprise! So I got to download it right then. What a coincidence! And I've been listening to it ever since. And if uh, if you guys like Texas country, this is this is the stuff for you. <laughs> These guys are great. 
Uh, I, I'm not like super knowledgeable on band members, but I think they've got a new fiddle player and, and no offense to the previous fiddle player. She was great too, but um, I think this, this new one is, he's, he's taking it up a notch. He's, he's really great. A lot, a lot of great intros in, in, on this album. Uh, Comeback Down is probably my favorite. You said this is Flatland? Flatland Cavalry. Cavalry. And Flatland. I really like Years From Now. Uh, that's the final track on the album. Honey Wine is good. They've, they released that as a single a few months ago. Um, they will actually be in Lubbock at Charlie B's, I believe, February 8th or 9th. Anyway, great band. Check them out. I think they're going to be at Cotton Fest. Which what, was you, what was your favorite one? I'm sorry. Come Back Down. That's a the, the track number one is the first one. Are you going to try to play some of it? I'm, I'm going to see what we can do. Oh my gosh, this is going to be crazy. What's the, what's this what's this guy up to over there? Just going to play a little sample. I'm going to try. This is my influencer status right here. I'm trying to influence you guys to check out some of these some of this music. Okay, we have an ad playing, so give me one second. Okay, we'll we'll let that move on. Wait, wait, hold on. There's a button here. Well, I don't have the fingers to do. Skip ad and hit the unmute button. It's just, it's just too much going on. That's it. What's okay. that twang? It's great, man. So, Flatland Cavalry. Let it kick in real quick before you fade it out. I can't get out of this chair. There's the fiddle. Yeah, get you some of that, guys. That's the first song you'll hear if you download that album. All right, what's number two? Number two Sorry, is... the second thing you learned. Sorry. The second thing I learned is Peter Jackson of... Lord of the Rings. Lord Thor. of the Rings fame. Uh, made King Kong, I believe. The Hobbit. Bunch of bunch of big movies. Peter Jackson can make one hell of a World War One documentary. Uh Keith had talked about this. I need to see this. You do need to see this. It's called They Shall Not Grow Old. It's currently in theaters. I saw it through Fathom Events at Movie 16 here in Lubbock. Uh, they they had just done a couple of showings on Monday. And I went Monday evening, packed theater. Uh, people were on the edge of their seat. Everybody was quiet. It was... I really don't want to spoil it. And, and it sounds dumb to say spoil a documentary, but... The way they use the footage and the glimpse of the type of war that these guys endured is um, it's something that you haven't seen before. And, and hat tip to Keith, host of Dinger Derby, at Dinger underscore Derby on Twitter. Anyway, uh, hat tip to Keith for kind of making me more aware of this documentary. He got to see it over Christmas break, I believe. And and then I, um, I happened to see that it was playing in Lubbock. Uh, and bought my ticket at the second I saw that. So I got to see that Monday night, which was which was really great. And then almost as interesting is about a 30-minute little featurette that Peter Jackson hosts after the credits, talking about how he made the documentary and choices he made during it that really enhance it and make it even that much more interesting. So you, it almost makes you want to watch it again after he tells you that. So if you can find it, uh, try to see They Shall Not Grow Old. Uh, you might check fathomevents.com. Uh, 
and I'm sure it'll be available on uh, streaming and, and whatnot at some point. What's really fascinating, one, this is, excuse me, 100-year-old footage. Yes. Yeah, every And it's bit been, of. like, beautifully restored. Like, it looks, it's still a little old, but it looks much better than you would expect. Extremely. Looks so good. And and just the, like I say, I don't want to spoil it, but the way they, uh, the way they do it and, and other things that they add to the footage. I mean, I mean, you know, we're not talking like George Lucas over here adding Yoda in, <laughs> you know, later on. We're, we're not talking that type of stuff, but just other things that they add to the documentary itself to really enhance that footage is, uh, is really incredible. So check that out if you can. If you're any sort of history buff, you'll enjoy it. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a, it's a tough watch at times and it's meant to be because it's not, you know, war's not pretty and what these guys endured, I, it's gotta be one of the most brutal wars that, that were fought, especially in just in modern history. So check that out. Um, who knew that Peter Jackson, um, and I'm being very sarcastic. Who knew that Peter Jackson could direct a good film? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's also a, a, a you you find out at the end that he's a he's a very big World War One buff just on his own. Well, you'd have to to make a film for it, right? I would think so. You you can't just come into it blindly. I mean, I would make a terrible World War One film because I I just don't know that much about it. But Jackson has a real passion for it, and they go through some of his memorabilia and some of the stuff he has that they actually used in unique ways to uh, create this film. So, all right. That's what I learned. To send us out, we're going to listen to a little bit more of Come Back Down. That'll work. We have to. Sorry, it was a lot. It wasn't as subtle as I wanted to be. place to do your outro <laughs> for michael i'm spencer thanks everybody for listening to the 23 personnel podcast we will see you again next week Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.